Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Alice Living, best-selling author, personal trainer, and your host of Give Me Strength. What makes a strong person to you? Could it be the kilograms in your deadlift, the miles you're able to run, or is it as simple as saying how you feel, an inner feeling of strength that's there regardless of your fitness abilities? Each week, I'll be looking into this concept, asking extraordinary women about their ever-evolving relationship with exercise and how their experiences have shaped who they are today. Together, we'll discuss the positives of living a stronger life, both physically and mentally, in the hope that we can inspire you to do the same. Welcome to Give Me Strength. Jade Clark is an English netball star, England Commonwealth gold medalist and long-standing member of the English netball team. During her incredible career, she has competed at four Netball World Cups and four Commonwealth Games, taking home the gold just last year when England triumphed over Australia in the final. Last year, Jade also won her 150th cap in the final of the Commonwealth Games in April, and she is now the most capped England player of all time with an astounding 161 caps. As a team, England netball are going from strength to strength. Following their World Cup success, they won both the BBC Sports Personality Team of the Year Awards and the Sunday Times Sportswoman of the Year Awards Team of the Year too. They're currently ranked second in the world and coached by the legendary Tracy Neville. They are now gearing up for the World Cup, which takes place in July. As a sport that so many of us play from a young age, netball is a sport that almost all of us will have some experience of, and I am therefore delighted to have one of its greatest stars with me today to find out what it takes to reach the top. Jade, thank you so much for being here with me. I know you're like deep in World Cup prep, so we're lucky to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. I like that intro. (laughs) (laughs) So... I wondered if you could tell me, so netball is a sport that so many of us are exposed to from a young age. Can you tell me about your first experience with the sport? Yeah, I think I was about eight years old. I'd been nagging my mum, could she come to my school and start netball practice? Because we were too little then and we didn't have netball practice at school. And I just remember my mum saying to me, go on Jade, get the ball. You've been really aggressive. That's so good. And I just, that, that memory just is really clear in my mind. I love how fast it was, how aggressive you could be. You can snatch the ball in. And I just loved it from that, that first moment. And I did a lot of sports growing up, but netball was the one that I really was passionate about. What were the benefits for you of engaging in, in, in team sports, like working alongside girls, particularly did you find that quite character building definitely I was really shy growing up and I always thought I'd grow out of it and I never really did and now I'm a lot more comfortable with being quiet but when I was younger I wasn't really comfortable with it I hated it when people called me shy and quiet but when I went to 
to netball I wasn't shy like on court I was loud I felt like I could control everything I was shouting at everyone to do what I say and it was it was a bit of an escape for me really so I've always used that and it's helped me so much mentally I've always looked forward to to going to netball and whatever was going on in my life I could always go to netball I had that support system Mm. and that's why I'll always be involved in team sport long Mm. after I finish England netball and Mm. and WAFs I'll keep going because I just I'd love that little community you have Mm. when you go to your team sport yeah like something we've definitely touched on it's come up pretty much in every episode we've done is that sense of belonging yeah that's actually moving on to my next question I think something that's massively overlooked in schools right now is the greater importance of the kind of interpersonal skills and the life lessons that being part of a team can teach especially to young girls you know for drawing the focus away from that comparison and the competition and also like things like negative body image you know if your only experience of exercise or growing up your mum's only gone for a run or going to the gym because she wants to lose weight yeah Th- those kind of connotations in your head of what exercise is there for yeah. can be quite damaging whereas if you embrace a team sport from a young age you learn about team building yeah. you know and all the benefits that that can bring it can be really life-changing what was the environment like in your school you said you were going to another school to play but did you find at your school particularly that they were really encouraging of, of, of girls getting together in that team environment yeah I think I was really lucky I had amazing P teachers and they were always pushing us and I remember I went to an old girls school for my secondary school and when it came to break we would be running out onto the courts to to go and play tennis or play netball mm. um, and then I think it was quite interesting when I went to my sixth form it was a mixed school and then mm-hmm. that just didn't really happen so I found that really interesting like the comparison of the two different schools yeah. and, and so it's just really important that you know we give each other the environment where you, you can get out and do sport and not feel intimidated if it's if you're in that mixed environment so yeah, yeah. why do you think that was do you think it was because there were boys was that were they getting more attention and you know something that I experienced I went to a mid school for only uh, only a year but I do remember that like if you were if a boy was good at sports it was like oh yeah they're amazing but it was sort yeah. of less celebrated if you were a girl which is so sad yeah I think it's just it seems like it's more normal for boys to be out doing sport and I'm like I think that is definitely changing now and I think it's so so much better you can see netball on TV you know football was on TV this week and hopefully by giving the girls those role models it Mm. will say you know it's not just for the boys this is for all the girls as well Mm -hmm. so when you were at secondary school yeah and you sort of felt that divide you felt there were boys that were really like it was okay for them to play sport and suddenly the girls weren't as keen yeah how did you break through that like how did you find that environment where you were like actually no I I really enjoy netball I want to continue what was that like yeah I found it really strange and I just kind of um my PE lessons at school I did A level PE so that was my chance to play with the boys and show them I'm as good as you so when we did basketball it was a bit like netball that was that was my time to show off and really show the boys what I could do and the boys like just took a step back and were like whoa mm. you know these girls can play so yeah it's that that just getting stuck in and not worrying about what anyone's thinking and not worrying about what you look like sport is for everyone Mm, yeah no definitely and so you were rising up the ranks you obviously showing the boys that you're amazing at basketball and (laughs) netball when did it start to become apparent that you would have kind of might pursue it I know know that they've got some sort of uh, schemes going on where they look out for for young talent how did you get involved with something like that or was it that you were scouted yeah I think it was from playing at a club outside of school so I played for Oldham Netball Club Mm -hmm. and as soon as I started there I just took it so seriously netball was my priority and my schoolwork and I just learned to to balance them both and it became like there wasn't an option to miss training and my mum would have killed me if I did anyway so (laughs) yeah you just you just learn to always put it first and I knew I might not ever get on the England team but I was always so determined that Mm. I wanted to be 
good enough to be mm. on the England team, whether they picked me or not, was yeah. out of my control. So I just, I was so passionate about it. I put everything into it and it was something that I loved. It was so much fun and I knew I'd always play. And then when I was 17, um, we started the Super Cup. So it was a new league before that I'd been the county system. So I got my foot in the door and got some court time. I uh, went to my first England trial, which was amazing. But yeah, I didn't do very well on my fitness testing and didn't get in that trial. Tell yeah. me, what is in the England trial? Like, what do you need to do yeah. to get on the team? <laughs> well, it starts off with the bleep test, which is oh, uh, no. <laughs> a baptism of fire. Um, so yeah, like speed test, change of direction, um, and then like match play all day. It yeah. was in those days. So yeah, it was. I was a bit shell shocked, and but it was kind of good for me because I never realised right. This is the standard I have to get. Yeah, to, it's kind of fire in your belly yeah. to then go. Actually, I yeah. might not have done it this time, but I'm going to come back even better. Yeah. Something that I was really sounded at when we did our briefing call, you yeah. said to me that there are only 20 full time yeah. um, professional netball players in the UK. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's crazy compared to you know 60 to 80 that are in Australia. Yeah. Obviously, going pro getting paid being able to give up a full-time job so that you can train full-time is massive for athletes and obviously if you're not getting that opportunity you're having to juggle a full-time job with your passion and it can be incredibly difficult for for a lot of people and probably a real barrier to people turning pro when you were rising up the ranks and you were getting noticed for all the right reasons obviously once you'd passed the bleep test (laughs) did you think that there would ever be the possibility that you could play professionally you know was that something that you were like oh god I'm I'm not sure if that's actually even going to be something I'm able to to do. Yeah, you know what? I actually didn't. I never thought we'd go full time. I never thought, you know, we'd have sponsors like Nike. And that's something that's come so much later in my career. When we first started, there'd be a few hundred people at our county games and it would be mostly our family. And just to see the difference has been absolutely huge. Mm. But I think everyone in the netball community works so hard and is so passionate. And I just think now it's such a great reward that all those years of hard work and keep trying to push the sport forward, Mm. that everyone's getting the benefit now. And it's just been a full team effort, not just the England players, but everyone involved in grassroots and volunteering. It's just seen our sport mm. flourish and it's really exciting and a lot of it does come down to funding I mean until recently yeah. netball has been pretty poorly funded I think yeah. we can both agree on that which is yeah. such a shame and it baffles me that a sport that just as many girls engage with as young boys do with something like football and yet yeah. the funding the support the TV airtime is just not there yeah. and it's still actually in my opinion quite substandard and you know it's definitely not an equal playing field yet yeah. why do you think that is? I'm really not sure like you say, we say netball's a minority sport, but it's not really. Everyone has played it in school or knows someone that's played it. Mm. Um, and I think what happened at the Commonwealth shows, like the potential it has, I don't know how it w- was shown at home because mm. we were over there playing, but I can imagine that it was the media coverage was, was pretty high for it. Mm. We told people that it was on and people actually wanted to watch it. People mm. heard our stories and really got behind us. So mm. that shows that people want to get behind our team. People want to watch netball. So I just love them to do a little experiment of say right we're going to have a month of doing 50% equal media mm. coverage tell people when the netball's on tell people football's on mm. and then see how it affects because like, it's an exciting game watch. to watch yeah. that's the thing well, there's nothing better than watching a close game of yeah. netball and that final against Australia yeah. in the World Cup was like nail bitingly yeah. close wasn't yeah, it so it was I think amazing. you know if people can start to engage in it and you know I think obviously a lot of it comes down to maybe people need to understand the game better yeah. I'm sure as you as you turn pro and the games get a little bit more yeah. intense there's rules and things that people need to get their head around but you know I've never understood the offside rule and I still (laughs) am subjected to watching football so maybe I need to get my head around netball a bit better (laughs) so when you were turning pro what would you say some of the main challenges were that you faced 
So we went full time two years ago, um, and it was quite a difficult time actually because a lot of the the girls had full time. So up till then, you'd, you'd been playing with a full time job. People had part time jobs and. Or they'd go over to Australia, New Zealand to kind of play professionally over there. God, so, so what were you doing? Just odd bits of coaching like I do now. So, really? Yeah, but I've, I've always tried to do it as full time mm. as I can and just with support from my family and things like I live with my mum. But it was only in the recently. last two years you were actually, yeah. people were actually able to yeah. go properly professional. Yeah, so that's something Tracy really fought for as soon as she came in as coach. She's like, right, I need my players a lot more than what I've got them at the minute. Wow. So yeah, so... They've done it quite well, actually. If people want to keep their jobs, they're still able to do that mm-hmm. and play for England if, mm. they, if they can't do the full-time programme. Mm. But yeah, it's that transition period, something that like, rugby went through about 20 years ago is like what we're going through now. Yeah, it's and, like, a bit late. But yeah, <laughs> so we'll Aust- Australia and New Zealand are about 10 years ahead of us with a professional league. So okay. I'm hoping about 10 years' time that I'll catch up in England. Why do you think that is? What are they doing differently out there that we're not doing here? I think the TV coverage, like it's on free-to-air TV, um, mm. it's shown a lot more. It's just so well respected as a sport. In New Zealand, um, mixed netball is really big, so it's like respected by men and women. They both play it, they all understand it. So yeah, in New Zealand, like netball's on the back pages of the sports papers all the time. So yeah, I think we will get there and, it, and I think we've had a really good showcasing of our sport. So people have seen how brilliant it is. I know for so many pro athletes that the support of their family and friends is pretty key to them yeah. turning pro. And obviously you've spoken about your mum, who yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. And I want to beat her. <laughs> Do you have a good support network around you and how have they really helped you on this journey? Oh, so, so much support. I mean, firstly, teammates, the coaches. I mean, my Wasps netball coach, she's, she's at the top of my WhatsApp list with my boyfriend. Like, I'm always <laughs> on the phone to her. And your family, like, they're like always there and they're so important I don't think they know how important they are like this Mm. is I've been on the squad since 2002 trying to get a gold medal and finally Mm. did it in 2018 so it's years of crying and ringing and thinking Mm. I don't know if I can do this anymore I don't know if I'm good enough um but they always pick you up and they're always at the games and um my sister came to the World Cup in 2015 and she brought my little niece and whenever I was like feeling a bit down she'd just hand over my niece to me and it just can make you feel better so like this so many people that keep you going and I think yeah it'll be a relief probably for them when I finish so so that was quite a few years of you not not seeing the success that you really wanted and yet you kept fighting and you kept fighting yeah do you think it was your family that really kept you going or was it that inner drive you know do you have that kind of complex where you're like I just need to win this yeah I think I would have kept going until my legs wouldn't go anymore because I wouldn't want to finish and think like what if Mm. um but you need you need your support system. Yeah, I think of like mentally I wouldn't have been able to, to do it without them. Yeah. Not quite the same, but I do remember many an audition where I'd yeah. walk out and I'd have got a no and I would just ring my mum's song yeah. and be like, oh, Why me? I've worked so hard. But you know, sometimes they are just those people that yeah. you know, they might not even say anything, it's just it's okay. And yeah. you're like, Yeah, it will be yeah. okay. Tomorrow's- you need them there. You need that to know that they still love you no matter what mm. because you can lose a netball and when you're surround- in that bubble and surrounded by the team you're all punishing yourself mm. when you lose and you're kind of looking inwards and thinking about your mistakes and you need them people to think like we just love you for you it doesn't matter what's happened at yeah. netball so so true yeah. and my mum used to say to me tomorrow's another day yeah. you, can, you can wallow in it today yeah. <laughs> wake up tomorrow and start fighting again yeah. tomorrow is just another day yeah. something we've spoken about quite a lot Um, on the podcast is visibility and sadly the lack of it in women's sports in general but Mm. obviously in netball too who did you look up to within the sport growing up or or within sports was there someone in another sport or was there someone in netball that was really your kind of your person that you were like I really want to emulate their career 
I loved athletics when I was growing up. So I loved like Colin Jackson, Sally Gunnell and Kelly Holmes was someone I really looked up to when she got her her two medals Mm. and she was 36. I think that's something that drove me to keep going at an older age for a netballer. And yeah, so when I was growing up, I didn't really watch a lot of netball. It wasn't until we had the Commonwealth Games in 2002 in Manchester that Mm. I really got the bug for watching it. And then there was a, a girl playing for Australia called Peter Squire and she just had this amazing game at the Manchester Commonwealth Games. And then a few years later, I ended up replacing her in one of the teams for an injury. So she was my idol. Wow. And then I, I got called over to a New Zealand team because uh, they got an injury and she was the person I was replacing. I was like, oh, wow, this is so weird. Like, I love you. And now like I'm in the same team as you. And, but I'm heartbroken for you. So, yeah, it was meant to be. Yeah. That's amazing. How do you find yourself dealing with the competitiveness of playing at the top level of a sport? Because I know we spoke yeah. beforehand, you mentioned how you were gearing up to hopefully make the team yeah. for this year. World Cup and you are 35 now and you've been yeah. playing for all of these years and been doing amazingly well. Yeah. With as many caps to your name as you've got, how do you find a way of coping with that level of competition yeah. and how do you manage it? I think like the, when we talk about competitiveness, that's I feel like that's the reward for all the hard work you do. I feel like the hard bit is the getting up early, the trainings every day and when you get into that, that pressure cooker, I think that's what we love at this level. Mm. Like You live for it and mm. When you're waiting for trials or you're waiting for like a close game at the end of the day, like it's horrible waiting for it during the day. But once that first whistle goes, you're like, right, this is what I do. Mm. This is what like I'm living and breathing for at the minute. And it's there's nothing quite like it. And I, I think I'm really going to miss that like when I finish playing. Almost like finding the positivity in, in, in competition. Because yeah. so many people can look at competition as like quite a, an intimidating thing. And yeah. they're like, oh God, you know, these people are all so good and they're yeah. younger and they're faster and they're whatever. Yeah. If you put it on a positive spin, it's actually like you you just said then that's so inspiring and, yeah. and how motivating that you say you know this is what I was meant to do yeah. regardless of whoever's around me I'm just going to give my best game and I love that yeah and you spend a lot of time worrying what other people think but you you get to play and you get to compete and a lot of people wish they were in that position so just enjoy it while you can do you worry what people think do you ever have that that sort of like oh god you know oh yeah definitely I always worry about making a mistake in the netball game and it it kind of haunts you sometimes and I think Going back to Commonwealth Games, the semi-final was the most nerve-wracking game of them all because we'd gone to so many semi-finals before and failed at that hurdle. We were playing against Jamaica, who we notoriously had really close games with. Mm. And a lot of the us older players, we were really nervous going into that game because we'd been there before and Mm. failed. The previous Commonwealth Games, we'd lost by one goal in the semi-final. But all the younger players were like so excited. So Mm. even though they were less experienced than us, we drew on them for that game. Mm. And then come the final, it flipped around. It was Australia that were probably feeling more pressure and the weight Mm. of expectation. And we went into that, you know, without a care in the world. We're like, oh my God, we're in the final. We've got Mm. nothing to be nervous about. Mm. So it's really interesting, the psychology of Mm. of feeling nervous and worrying about what other people think Mm. and what the world expects you to do. And I know that's probably got something to do with your incredible coach, Tracy Neville. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, I'm a bit obsessed with her. She is <laughs> powerhouse in female sport. Yeah. She is the reason why you, you guys have obviously been able to turn pro. Yeah. She is the sister to legendary um, football players, Phil and Gary Neville. And she comes from like a kind of sports dynasty yeah. as such. <laughs> Definitely. Um, You've obviously worked really closely with her for a long time and you've cited how she's been a bit of an inspiration to yourself. How do you find her as a coach and what has she done to really improve the sport? Yeah, it's an interesting one because when I first started playing for England, Tracy was one of the senior players. So we've gone from being teammates and then to friends when she retired and now she's she's my coach and 
I think that's something that's never wavered with Tracy is her passion for England netball and her absolute drive to take England to the top. Like, I don't think that woman sleeps. I mean, she's like, she's <laughs> sending us WhatsApp messages at four and five in the morning. Um, she's absolutely obsessed um, and we love her for it. She she always gives us a really good uh, speech before we go out on, onto the court. And we recently played in Liverpool against Uganda and we were all quite nervous and she just said, look, all these people are out there for you. And it just made all the nerves melt away mm. and she just got that really good way of, of finding a way to like kill the nerves, yeah, basically. Yeah, because that team psychology is really yeah. key and, and managing that, you know, you said previously how just that little bit beforehand can sort of make or break have yeah. your mindset for yeah. the game. Is there anything that she does in particular that really like gets you guys? Because for me, what, what I love about sport is that it's just as much the psychology side of yeah. things as it is the physical. So it's yeah. just as much, are you able to get yourself in a positive mindset? Are yeah. you able to, you know, have that drive to yeah. succeed and that kind of unwavering confidence that you are, you're just going to, you know, give 100%. Yeah. How instrumental is she in, in keeping you guys all in a positive space? You know, because if there's one bad apple in the group, that can sometimes affect everyone, can't it? Yeah, yeah. We do a lot of work behind the scenes on on team culture and how we deal with pressure. And Tracy's really good at just staying in the moment and giving you a job to do. And there's no messing with Tracy. If she tells you to do something, you go out and do it. Otherwise, you're off the court. So I think it's just that directness and knowing that there's there's a job at hand to do. There's no wishy-washy. It's mm. like, this is what we've done all the work for. We're going to go out and do it. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Give Me Strength. But do you have? Do you also have that psychological support? Are there kind of are there people in within the background that yeah. are helping you? I guess if someone's struggling a little bit or finding yeah. things a bit difficult. Yeah, I've always used um, psychologists, and I've been really lucky that England Netball have supported me with that, and I can use it in any way I want. Like it's it's not just for talking about on court; it's about mm. for talking about things in your life. And I just mm. think if you've got the opportunity to speak to a counsellor or a psychologist, like mm. it's there to use and that's mm. it's a strength to ask for help so that's something mm. I've used all the way through my career and I'm really lucky that I've had that support. I think that's so true and I think something that I've definitely experienced is that people look at you when you are achieving so much success and you're yeah. doing so many amazing things as everything must be perfect for you yeah, you must be exactly. doing so great you know yeah. and you know of course things are great in in some parts but it doesn't mean that everything is amazing it doesn't mean yeah. that it doesn't mean that you can't have bad days and days yeah, where definitely. you do feel really low and, and yeah. I think what you said there is there's strength in asking for help that is so key yeah, for definitely. people to know and I think it's amazing that you that you feel confident enough to to speak openly about that and yeah. to say that that's something that you, you you've always done yeah and I find it really interesting as well like just finding out about yourself and finding out oh why am I so nervous in this situation and you just kind of kind of break it down and think oh this has happened in the past and then you kind of build yourself back up again and put mm. all the pieces back together so yeah it's like a little psychology lesson every time I go. Mm. So England Netball is on a roll at the moment and you won the Commonwealth Games last year you're ranked second in the world what are you guys doing right and is there a secret to your success? Um, I think like we've been talking about that full-time programme and spending so much time together has really helped us. We, we're we like a family now and I think everyone that, that watched last year could see how close we were as a team. Mm. I think for us playing, everyone wants to be on court, but not everyone can be. And I think it's 
like knowing your role, mm. whether it's on court, whether it's off court and you're supporting the players. We're just so tight as a team and we've not had the the perfect international season. We've, ha- we've had some losses to Jamaica mm. and we've had some wins and some losses against Australia and New Zealand. So it's all to play for. Mm. Um, but yeah, we've all bought into spending that time together and making the most out of it. And we're really excited to see if we can do the double and do the World Cup yeah. and Commonwealth Games. Well, I hope so. Yeah. So when, when you're in training, do you live with the girls or are you all sort of yeah. like in very close proximity? Yeah, we all stay in the same hotel. Um, So it is like we're sisters. Um, We've just got used to, you know, talking to each other straight. And, you know, we argue, we argue on court. But yeah, we always we always sort it out and become stronger as friends. Mm. And a lot of that is down to our captain, Amo Abreze. And one of her rules is like, you have to have fun. So I think when you're spending that much time together and working so hard, if you don't have fun, it becomes a real chore because mm. this is your life. And if, if you're not enjoying it, there's not really much point. And it's so important to have that balance as well. I guess yeah. you can get very much sucked into, I know that I probably would, that I, there's been times in my life where I've got so sucked into the mentality of, I just want to succeed. So I'm going to yeah. give a hundred percent to it. Yeah. And you kind of lose lose touch with reality and you lose touch with the things that actually might make you better on court which is taking time out probably having fun relaxing doing stuff together outside of work yeah do you find it difficult to strike a balance or do you think do you think that comes quite easily to you I think personally I find it really difficult probably the most difficult about of most of the girls I was so so focused growing up I've just found that as I get older the more I do completely away from netball the mm-hmm. better it is but you never know if I hadn't had that obsessive personality maybe I wouldn't have been as successful as I was mm-hmm. so it's hard to find that balance mm-hmm. um, but yeah I'm trying at the moment to just do one thing a week away from netball that actually pushes me out of my comfort zone like doing this podcast like a couple of months ago I probably <laughs> wouldn't have said yes but I've just been oh. building nicely week on week and just trying to do things um, where I'm meeting new people and saying yes to different things and I've I found it really helped with my performance as well and, yeah. and just like gets you away from that mindset for we a bit. are so grateful that you oh, said thanks. yes to doing it so thank you what is your proudest achievement so far I think it would be easy to say like the gold medal but I think since since that gold medal it's just given me a whole new perspective I think I've all, always since I was little I've thought I want to make history with netball and I always thought making history would be you know getting to the number one in the world and getting the gold but I think something that we're really proud of as a team is like so many people watch that game and are now taking up netball. I think it was 130,000 women got back into netball after the Commonwealth. Um, so just being part of that movement of women's sport and pushing the sport mm. forward. Mm. The colour of the medal doesn't really matter. It's like so we're part of something so huge and it's something mm. we can all carry on after we finish playing for England. It does feel like a real tipping yeah. point that suddenly, you know, particularly I was at the uh, Sunday Times Sportswoman of the Year Awards and yeah. I remember you guys when you won the team of the year yeah. and I just thought, wow, like yeah. netball hadn't really been on my radar up until that point and that's yeah. that's that's a bad thing, you know, it yeah. should have been, yeah. but it wasn't. And when I saw you guys win and I heard more about you and I listened to your stories, particularly the speech that Tracy gave, I thought yeah. was really inspirational. Mm. I just thought yeah this is this is exciting there's yeah. there's stuff happening for you guys and you know you've worked tirelessly to get yeah. to this point and I think it's so deserving that you're finally having you know the light shone on you and, and yeah. that you're celebrating that and I think yeah it's, it's amazing who in your team inspires you? you've talked about your captain yeah is there any players that are currently really inspiring you that are doing amazing things 
beside yourself, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the youngsters coming through, they just keep me going. They're mm-hmm. so enthusiastic and they're kind of where I was 10 years ago. They just can't wait to, to get over to Australia, New Zealand and play. Mm-hmm. And I just I just love that, that I'm 35, but I'll go to the one of the 21-year-olds just to relax and, mm. and feel better before a game or have a mess around. And, and I felt they've come into the squad and just really refreshed us. And before every game at Commonwealth, we'd like have a team photo, a silly team photo in the change room. And it probably wouldn't happen before because we we're way too serious. Mm. But just having those youngsters that bring the fun, they really Sounds inspire like- me. Sounds like fun is a big part of your success, which is great. I love that because I think we all need to have fun. Mm. When you're gearing up for a big game, I'm going to liken it because for our listeners, they might not be gearing up for a big netball game, but anything that's like a big challenge, so whether it's a job interview or an audition or a big meeting, but for you, obviously, it is a big game. Mm. How do you mentally prepare yourself for that? Do you have any sort of rituals that you go through or are are you superstitious in any way? What are some of the things that you do to build yourself up to that? I think on game day, it's all about relaxing. Um, In the week before, I like to have everything prepared. I like to have watched my opponents. Um, I like to have talked to my teammates to know what the game plan is. And then that all needs to be done. And then once it's it's game day, it's like, right, I'm going to relax. I'm going to have fun with the team. There's been times where we've had like a massive jigsaw puzzle on the go. And like throughout the day, we've just been doing this jigsaw puzzle just to distract us from from what lies ahead. I um, love a jigsaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, and then you just try and not think too much about what that game means and what it means to the rest of the world Mm. and you just concentrate on right I'm going to have a really good game of netball later and I'm going to love it so preparation is key for you I love that so tell me what does a typical day look like for you what sort of training does netball require and sort of what does your what was an average day for Jade look like yeah well um well, I stayed at one of my teammates' houses last night. We're always travelling all over the country, so we were training in Brunel this morning. So I stayed at her house. We travelled down, we trained, uh, come down for this podcast. But yeah, different types of training every day. We do two or three weight sessions a week. We do mm-hmm. running sessions. Um, we've got our team sessions, which are two or three times a week. So yeah, I'm always up and down the country. And then I, I like to schedule in my nap time as well. It's very important to me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so yeah. And as someone that is really passionate about women training, yeah. tell me like a typical weight session what do you guys what do you guys normally do you because yeah. I know you have an S&C coach yeah which I love and I think that's so great because obviously I think you know more and more sports are realizing yeah. that, that performance is, is enhanced by yeah. strength and conditioning work yeah so I, I love my weight sessions my favorite session traditionally we've always done a lot of running sessions but when when I've got older I've done a lot more weight session I find I don't need to run as much and mm. running is quite hard on your body mm. three weight sessions a week um, you've got your main lift which is like squats we've got leg press and then we're trying to get a bit bigger on my arms at the minute because my legs are legs are a bit bigger than my arms so bench press things like that so you're not a goal scorer are you no I'm centre wing defence so running so a lot quick. in the middle but yeah there's so much contact you've really got to hold your players off your, mm. off your space so you've got to use your core you've got to use all your body and there's a lot of pushing and shoving that goes on mm. that the umpires can't always see so mm. yeah it's physical out there Obviously, working full-time as an athlete is very physical and it's take, probably taken its toll on both your mind and body, you yeah. know, in a tough week. Yeah. How do you switch off? What's your, what's your like, de-stress? You know, my favourite way to de-stress is seeing my boyfriend's dog <laughs> so he's got a Labrador so I'll go around to my boyfriend's house see the dog I'll probably have a bath like I was talking about my family before like they love you for whatever happens at netball the same with the dog the dog doesn't care whether you won or lost the netball match so I'll just go over and stroke it so. dog therapy <laughs> yeah dog therapy I'm so with you there I think a dog can be really therapeutic <laughs> 
something I've heard a lot of athletes talk about, something that some of our other guests have actually spoken about a lot, is that fear of retirement and that fear yep. of what will come next. You know, you've been so immersed in a sport for so long. Yep. Um, it's pretty much been your whole life. What do you sort of look at doing next? Yep. And you've obviously talked openly about how this will be your last World Cup and your last few years in the sport. Yep. How are you mentally preparing yourself for retirement? And do you feel that there is enough support for retiring athletes? Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I've been thinking a lot about this lately. After we got the gold medal, it has been my lifelong goal. So I was, I was so happy. And every time I think of it, I get tingles. But I think at the back of my mind, I was panicking a bit and I was thinking, well, what, what happens after this? You've spent your whole life just concentrating on getting this one thing and now you've got it and you kind of don't really know what to do next. So after that time, I had a bit of a crash. I found it really hard to get out of bed and go to training. So I cut down a lot of my training and I think my mind was just in like, fight or flight mode and I chose to just go to sleep and that's just really, like avoid it. That's really interesting because so, yeah. like obviously that was the pinnacle of your career yeah, and yeah. yet you're saying that you you actually really struggled with that. Yeah, I really struggled. Like it was just so like contrasting experience, like amazing on one hand and then your mind is kind of a bit confused about what happens next and I was just very aware that, you know, as athletes you do have a shelf life and after that finishes you have to stop that job and then you have to start a new job which will be completely different there's nothing like being an athlete so yeah that's something I've been really working on and like I have no idea what I want to do but just trying to take those baby steps and trying to get different experiences and then just relaxing about the whole thing I think when you've been so successful in sport you kind of panic and think I'm, I'm not going to be successful in anything else I don't really know what to do um, so just trying to take away that that fear of the unknown and and kind of redefining what success means to you it doesn't have to mean you know earning loads of money or being at the top of your field it might just like finding something else that you enjoy I think that's so true you know yeah. like so many of us see success as only one thing yeah. it's like either you're doing really well at your sport or you're yeah. making loads of money or whatever but actually success is of whatever you define it to be yeah. and when we were sp speaking on our briefing call I was really inspired by the fact that you were quite open that you you weren't sure what you were going to do yeah. and you were terrified by that really yeah. Yeah. but that you were just embracing it and seeing where yeah. where things take you and I think something that I have certainly picked up from today is you clearly have so many transferable skills you know yeah. like you have worked so hard yeah. and you know that determination that grit that level of resilience yeah. all of those things are going to help you do whatever you set your yeah, set so. your mind to so yeah. I have no doubt that you're going to be a success whatever you do you. but I do think that there's there's something in retiring athletes just getting a bit more support with that yeah. how how do you see yourself filling that void are there things that you really want to try and go out and achieve yeah I think like you say it's you've got a massive ego when you're an athlete everyone's putting you on a pedestal everyone's checking are you okay is your body okay and after it finishes that's not going to be there anymore I was talking about this to my psychologist actually and I was, I was a bit emotional about how much because I just love playing so much I was talking about how I'm really going to miss that buzz of playing and I was like trying to wrap my brains of what can I replace it with and she kind of said well it's a bit like grief and it's a bit like it's been part of your life so long it's a bit like losing if you lose a family member you won't think oh I'm going to replace that family member with someone else you can never replace it but you can appreciate the parts played in your life and you just feel grateful for how long you've had that and your life will go in a different direction and you can find other things to appreciate and mm. you know it's not all going to be about the buzz of playing netball mm. but yeah I've been really lucky like to have that mental health support I think even after I finish playing for England I'll, 
that netball community will still be there and I've still met so many amazing people mm. so I think there'll always be a place for you oh thanks part of my journey with exercise has yep. been that for a long long time I had a big focus on my aesthetic right. I really was driven to go to the gym and to work out to look a certain way yeah how do you find yourself dealing with the pressure of maybe having to look a certain way yeah. or having to fit a certain physicality? Yeah, I think I felt pressure to look a certain way just from being a woman and just from seeing adverts and seeing magazines. And I think actually playing netball actually helped me get out of that headspace because netball, they've got so many different shapes and sizes and from playing at the international level you have to be bigger and stronger to be better at what you do so that overtook anything that I ever felt about losing weight which every woman has like as soon as you lose a bit of weight you mm-hmm. automatically you feel better about yourself mm-hmm. but playing my sport it's kind of flipped that on your head you're like you have to be heavier you have to be able to move the person next to you mm-hmm. and that's really empowered me that to play sport you have to you have to be bigger and stronger and I think two things there. I think the first thing is you lose weight and you might feel a bit better but to me it was always well to what sacrifice you know and to you obviously the sacrifice was well I'm not going to be as good at my sport that I love I'm not going to have the energy maybe I'm not going to have the physicality that I need to be successful so to what detriment and you know I think it's something that I'm that, that I think is really incredible about netball particularly is exactly as you've said and how that can be instilled on young girls because if they're realising that sport is performance driven it's Mm. not driven by being a body weight it's not driven by an aesthetic it's driven by you give your best performance and Mm. you know I was speaking to someone else about this recently and saying how it was actually I did an interview for the Telegraph about their women in sport campaign and um, I was saying to the journalist how if we can get in schools girls to have a real focus on how am I fueling my netball game are we getting together and saying okay as our halftime snack we're all going to have something that's really nutritious like and there the focus is drawn away from girls that do fall into that environment of all comparing each other and you know it's such a horrible time at school anyway when you're Mm. all sort of going through puberty and there's lots of changes happening if you can focus on performance and if you can focus on committing to that team environment it can be so much more so much more of a positive than you know my experience of sport at school which was go to the gym and sit on the treadmill for (laughs) 20 minutes and then leave yeah it gets you into such better habits like I'm just used to now you train and then you eat you have to fuel the amount you're training Mm. so it it gets you out of that headset of I have to cut out what I eat I have to have a really strict diet it's Mm. actually about eating eating more and eating more of the right stuff to Mm. fuel what you're going to do throughout your day of course because food is so interlinked with performance and um, I don't know if you can tell us like what are some of your favorite pre and post game snacks yeah we have a bit of a ritual like two hours before we our team manager puts out toast and crumpets and cereals all in the team room so we'll go down there and we'll listen to music and we'll play some games and yeah I always have crumpets and peanut butter about a couple of hours before the game so that's mine so good (laughs) sounds amazing is there any advice that you would give to any woman out there that's wanting to get involved in netball Um, I think netball is really a sport for all and it's so accessible at every level at every age we've got walking netball if if you can't run anymore if you've had injuries these back to netball sessions you can go on the England netball website and find out about back to netball it's absolutely amazing so if you've been out of the sports in school you can go back and it's like I was saying before it's it's about that community you're all going back you're all loving your netball and then you'll start to make friends you'll start to see each other outside of netball there's work teams that you can get involved in there's mix 
Olympics netball now in the summer league. So yeah, just give it a go. I know like whenever I've had breaks from netball, I've always tried out different social sports like volleyball and handball and things like that. And I'm always like a little bit nervous before I go to the first one. And then once you get there, you just realise everyone's just like you. Everyone wants to make friends. Everyone mm. wants to learn. And it doesn't matter about your ability. It's about being there and loving it. Mm. Amazing. So, Jade, tell me, what does strength look like to you? When I think of strength, I always think of my past captains. And I think what makes a really good captain is they're willing to speak up for what they believe in and no matter what detriment it might come to themselves. So speaking out, staying true to your values. Also, I think when I think about teams and staying strong, it's it's like we were saying before, you just keep going one day at a time, no matter what's happened. You get up and you just you have to keep going um so yeah those are the two things that mean strength to me who in your life could be absolutely anyone demonstrates strength the most won't come as a shock but I think my mum (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone always says that but my mum is like she raised me and my sister on her own and she was just so determined and she just set me the example that you don't have to settle for the situation that you're in. You you go and knock down some doors and mm. you can create your own path in life. Mm. Um, so that just taught me to be really creative to try and achieve my goals. Mm. You don't have to go down the path that everyone else. You're always looking out for different people that can help you and different people that are good at the jobs. I've always gone to other people to help mm. me with my goals. Thank you so much, Jade. You've been amazing and you've inspired me. Yeah. I'm not, like at school, I was terrible at netball and I was always <laughs> so gutted that I never made the team. But you've inspired me to maybe pick up a ball and go and play again. Oh, um, thanks so much for having me. It's no, it's my pleasure. And I just want to say a huge good luck to you and all the girls for the World Cup. I will be rooting for you. Thank and you. yeah, I'm sure you're going to have loads of success. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for joining me and good luck. Cheers, thanks. We all know how much powerful quotes can inspire us. So I've selected some of my favourite quotes from women who've inspired me to be your daily mantra through to the next episode. This week's quote comes from American gymnast Shannon Miller. She said, There is always going to be a reason why you can't do something. Your job is to constantly look for the reasons why you can achieve your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in to Give Me Strength. Please do join us next week for more incredible guests. In the meantime, I would love it if you could take a moment to rate and review this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe if you want to be the first to listen to our brand new episode every Wednesday. Wednesday.